talked a little earlier about your about your being a journalist, um, and I was curious how the how your writing career, your fiction career, worked in and around having you know the hard grind of having to earn money, and what happens to to writers when you're writing for a living, um, and then you're you're also writing for a living. Um, how did how did that work? And how long did, were you you balancing the two? Um, uh, I was in this room for 29 years, and I started writing fiction maybe three months, six, no, three months, I think, after I took that first job at Newsweek. When you were answering yeah, the So I was doing, you know, for most of uh, my writing life, I was doing both. Um, I think it was fine. Um, I'm not one of these writers who can sit for eight hours a day being a genius. I just can't do that. It's in the beginning stages of something. Uh, an hour is a long time for me to be flailing about looking for a story, looking for a comic, or whatever. Uh, in the end stages, sure, that's when they'll be. 12 hour days or 18 hour days but I can't do that initially I can't do it for most of the time so what do you do with the other hours of your day when you're not sitting and trying to write fiction nice to be gainfully employed was there a sense that you were delayed I mean one of the we've talked about various narratives of the writer's career um, the Joyce sort of, uh, but one of them is that you know you're, you're meant to be a sort of not there is a narrative of the bright young thing who produces when they're yeah, yeah. Um, and I suppose the ideal thing is you're dead by 27 or something yeah. obviously if you're a rock star um, but you were relatively late start I guess, and I guess Beckett yeah, I wasn't I wasn't um, I didn't start writing fiction until I was 33 that's, it, that's quite late for most writers had it not a had it not a Occurred to you? I mean, I know you were saying earlier you wanted, you, you like like the idea of being a writer, yeah. but the actual what was stopping you in that between the, the dreaming part? Oh, and lots and lots of things. Um, one is that um, I graduated from high school in 1965, and I was very much in love with rock and roll, and thought that that was the way of the future. And you're a musician as, yeah, as well? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm also a musician. I'm not as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not nearly as well. Um, so, yeah, I bought into that propaganda for quite a while that there was something kind of quaint and old school about being a writer. There's that um, line in Desolation Road by Bob Dylan. Uh, Ezra Pound and T.S. Eliot fighting in the captain's towers all Calypso singers laugh at them and fishermen hold flowers and I believe that you know Pound and Eliot you know sitting around being fusty you know meanwhile there's this abundant teeming life around them you know the Calypso singers versus yeah. the old high modernist but of course you're going to side with the Calypso singers <laughs> So, you know, I, was, I, was, I sided with the Calypso singers for a lot of years. What were you doing? What were those, were those your wild years? Um, yeah, well, oh, wild. I mean, yeah, relatively wild. Okay. Uh, you know, I was in some failed bands and all that. 
And then um, I kind of did a 180 uh, after flunking out of college and doing odd jobs and playing music. Uh, I went back to school and wanted to be a literary critic and a college professor. That's what I wanted to do. I wrote and you know, went straight from undergraduate school to a PhD program and wrote a draft of a dissertation on Rebecca. So I was, you know, I was, I wasn't even with Ezra Pound and T.S. Eliot. It was more uh, John Crow Ransom, <laughs> you know, fighting the captain's tower. Uh, <laughs> what was your, what was your dissertation? Um, it was, uh, it was going to be about the late Rebecca, about the relationship between the prose and the drama. And I had a, an elaborate a theory about how one kind of became the other, how they kind of switched places, um, which I'll be glad to run down for you at any time. Yes, yeah. will delight your readers. Yeah, my yeah, yeah. It's not right. but perhaps some other okay. time. <laughs> okay. uh, and uh, at the same time as doing that, I was uh, married to Anne Beatty, um, who was just becoming. Wild but successful as fiction writer, and I just I never thought of myself as doing that. I was astonished at her work. Um, I was also astonished that she. This is how naive I was. I was astonished that she was making literature out of lies like ours. Who would have thought that <laughs> to make literature out of something like? one's own life um, never occurred to me she was doing it I just thought it was the most revolutionary thing I'd never known about it before uh, but it didn't occur to me that I would do that did she ever encourage you to do it? Um, she didn't discourage me okay. from doing it but um, it wasn't something I was interested in doing I was interested in writing smart pieces about Samuel Beckham, Donald Bothmore, and whatever else. Um, Are you in some of the other versions of you in some of the... As, as, you know, <laughs> to a very limited extent. I mean, there might be a few words <laughs> that came out of my mouth that are coming out of some of the characters' mouths, okay. but there's, you know, there's not really much similarity. There's very little direct portraiture in her work. There's very little, maybe no direct portraiture in my work. Um, and the other thing about her was that um, she was a very fast writer. Um, she, you know, I saw her sit down at nine o'clock at night, and by two in the morning, she would have a short story of twenty pages that could go into the New Yorker with hardly a word changed. And I've never known another writer, so I thought this was normal behavior. <laughs> and this is what writers were like. Um, you know, she was very gifted that way. She's also a good oral storyteller. Um, so, you know, just witnessing all that, I realized that wasn't that. And really had no aspiration to be that. And it was only after uh, we broke up and I had this crisis in my own life that it occurred to me, oh, I could do something 
not like what she's doing, but maybe it would be a little like Becca, and, and maybe it would be something or other. Uh, my very earliest things like that, um, that unpublished novel were a lot more body and less conventional. I mean, I think my stuff now is much more like the kind of neorealism as they used to call it this stuff. It's, it's, you know, it's a little more like, it's much more now like that. I mean, I think it's much realistic fiction. Do you have to work through that period where you're, whether it's Beckett doing Joyce or, um, I don't know who I think writers do. And Bartholomew talks about um, Beckett as the lion in the past, you know. Um, I cannot be Beckett. How do I be who I'm going to be? How do I be Bartholomew? I mean, where does post, postmodernism fit? I mean, Bartholomew, um, I always mispronounce Pynchon. Uh, were they, did they, do they open doors for you or were they, were they slight sort of, were they blind alleys, he said? Um, I well, I never could read much of Pynchon, though I did love The Crying of Lot 49. I'm not sure I loved that anymore. Uh, I loved Barthelme's work. Um, was very invested in it. Uh, I still teach it. It's it's not a direction that I think it's useful for me to go in. Why? Why is? Um, why would I? But you know, I, I have too much fun making up stories rather than mixing and matching different levels of reality or um, if I want to play with different levels of diction well I sort of can I sort of can't but I, I'm just not I don't think about fiction Final story is, is again. There's a touch of self-portrait. I was just thinking about you to my music, um, and a kind of devotion to a kind of musical yeah, life. Yeah. And it just seems to be a devotion to a kind of American folk yeah. tradition. Yeah. And the danger is you end up living in, alone in the woods. Is yeah. do you ever have regrets though about not pursuing that? that no, no, I wasn't good enough at it. I love to do it, and I, and I play music now in three bands. <laughs> but um, no, I wasn't. You know, I, I'm good at playing within my limitations. I think I have pretty good taste. Um, I can fit in well with the band. I can fit in where things need to be. I can shut up where things need not to be. But no, no and it's, it's a dog's life. Too. <laughs> Um, I did a piece about Ralph Stanley, the bluegrass musician. Of the, um, Stan- the Stanley Brothers, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And of course, the, that title story comes from him. And I rode for a few days um, with him and his band on their tour bus. And it's as if those people are in storage for most of the day. And then they're let out of storage to appear on the stage and create the most beautiful music in the world. And then they're back in storage again. And I can see why you would devote your life to that if you could 
have that hour of absolutely transcendent beauty. But, but I, you know, I, I can't do that musically. And you're really giving up a life to do that. Is that how does it work with 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 writing? That it sounds like you've never been just a writer. You've always either had you've had a job, you've taught. There's yeah, a there's a there's yeah, a kind yeah. of way out of just yeah. being alone in. Yeah, I mean, there are too many other things I like to do, and also I just I don't have the concentration to do the Philip Roth eight-hour workdays. Uh, I'm just apparently not good at that. But I'm very glad you asked that. Nobody seems to notice that. The, the book's full of. I mean, it's it starts with. It's got wonderful. It's got the Frankenstein quote. Yeah. The work in my soul, which there's a. I think banishment. I'm not a, sure, by the way, that that epigraph makes any sense. I, at all, I always thought, but I, see, I like those epigraphs. I go with thinking and and. Uh, and banishment, I have to say, is a desperation title for that piece. If you know anyone <laughs> would suspect that I planted that reference to Beckett in the story to get the title. Yeah. That's how you do it. That's actually not how it happened. It was in there, and in my... I, I also have trouble finding titles. In my clawing through the pages looking for a title, uh, I thought maybe that's better than something else, so that's why banishment. Well, it fits. I mean, it, it fits. I mean, she's in a sense banished from. Oh, am I giving the ending away? Spoil, spoiler, spoiler alert! Yeah. Um, she, in a sense, is banished. Well, she's banished from a couple of places. Uh, but he's talking about love as a form of banishment from the self, hmm. and I think that would resonate with her a bit because she's she's mostly about herself. Is unlike, that, unlike me, who's well, it's gonna, I mean, the, most, the most outgoing and wonderful person in the world. Has that been a pro- I, I'll ask you per- the personal question. We talked. <laughs> we, we had one divorce. I don't know. How, I don't know enough about your personal life to. Uh, uh, I do. Has it? Has it? Uh, has that been a? Is that a problem? It's obviously a problem. I've been married and divorced three times. What? What it's happened? A, what happened? Yeah, in each. <laughs> Do we have trouble with intimacy? I mean, God knows. Is are you like in those ways? Did I you... sit around thinking too much? I don't know. It's. Um... How about now? Are you? Uh... A man must seek perfection of the life or of the work. <laughs> are you? Are you, uh, are you seeing anyone? I am. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Have you? Le- I mean, you were saying you've learned things. In terms of I, how about love, I don't know if I've learned anything, but I, I keep trying. I keep trying. Are, are you an acrimonious breaker-upper? No. Um, I mean, I've had awful breakups, and I, breakups have sometimes been acrimonious. 
has sometimes been easy, but um, it's not been mostly a matter of people clawing each other. It's been much. It's usually been more anarchical. Okay. Is is I mean, is Ambiti any writer you've met? I, mean, I was curious about writers living together, and I know you weren't right, perhaps writing at that Yeah, um, the, um, the woman I'm seeing now is a writer, but um, she's not writing fiction. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't really know what that's like. I wasn't a writer of fiction when I was married to Ambiti's writer of fiction. Um, yeah, I don't know what really that's like. Uh, it could be wonderful. It could be that one person feels that um, he or she has gotten less than the other one. Yeah, that could be bad for him. Who knows? Did you do you feel? Because uh, I wasn't sure how to read the Beckett quote. But yeah, no, I'm not. Is it the idea? Giving, sounds great. Yeah. Is it that sense of giving something? over to someone else or um, if, 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 if that's possible that's um, uh, so really re- re- <laughs> do <laughs> is that is it giving over is it opening up and I don't know I mean it's, it's interesting to read all the stories in terms the of the guy with the family life or something it's fairly new I'm another um, but there, your characters are there is that feeling of I think almost every single one of them was living in slightly temporary situations were house sitting or moved in with someone else slightly unsteadily or was staying for a um, like Carl for a weekend or there was a um, and it just feel to be a a, a yeah. feeling of not being quite at home yeah. Yeah. Any, anywhere um, but also a great longing for it um, I mean I, I suppose I've experienced both when I lived in New York City I lived in about 20 different apartments in the course of um, 28 years or so um, on the other hand I've had my house in upstate New York since 1985 and that's become a very stable thing for me even though I've and that's Glen you know, uh, it's near Glens Falls it's um, it's a town called Granville okay so that's uh, that's been a stable point of reference for me and it's um, got a lot in common with my childhood so I'm you know, in some sense we're creating my childhood and having that place but I've also done work I mean you know a home and a center um, are important to me obviously as they are to most people I think but there's also of course a sense of instability about it but when you said you know people are living in temporary circumstances um Someone once interviewed Nabokov when he was living in Montreux, and the person said, oh, well, there's a rumor that um, that you may be leaving Montreux one of these days. And the said, well, it's a rumor that everyone now living in Montreux will be leaving, will be leaving Montreux. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
temporary.